What's up, everyone? Ryan Satin here. Welcome back to another SmackDown Roundup. Oh, boy. What an episode of SmackDown it was. The only John Cena match of 2022. John Cena and Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Super fun main event, but that's not the only newsworthy thing that happened on this week's episode of SmackDown. The final SmackDown of 2022. How weird is it that 2022 is over? I feel like it was just 2020 not that long ago. And here we are, a whole different WWE from then. Going into 2023, the first Royal Rumble under Triple H, the road to the first road to WrestleMania under Triple H, a lot ahead in 2023, but I can't believe this year is over. I hope you guys have enjoyed the roundups that I have done this year. This was my first time doing solo stuff, these roundup podcasts. You know, for so long, I was terrified of the idea of just talking to myself into a microphone with my thoughts. I have too many intrusive thoughts that I let through sometimes. If you listen to Out of Character and you've been listening to all of them since I started doing them, uh, and you listen to the Corey Graves interview that I did. I actually spoke with him about that. I talked about how it was. It seemed so daunting to do a solo podcast. So when the idea was brought to me of doing more podcasts this year and, and, and having more in the podcast feed other than out of character, I actually jumped at the opportunity because I wanted to test myself. Out of character was me testing myself. Uh, when I first started doing Out of Character, it was another thing that I'd wanted to do for a long time. Always felt like I could do better interviews than a lot of the stuff I was seeing out there. No offense to anybody else. But then, you know, once I had this access and the ability to do interviews, I really thought that I could get more interesting stuff than I saw being being pulled out of WWE superstars when they were doing media interviews. So, long-winded thing here. I just want to say I, I, I appreciate you guys listening, those of you who do listen to these Roundup podcasts, uh, I it was a test to myself, stretching my limits, and I really do feel like um, this, show, this show has become what I would like it to be. So, thank you for those of you who supported this podcast, Out of Character, the whole feed in 2022. I appreciate it very much. Now, okay, sappy stuff aside... I know we got SmackDown to get to, but one more quick thing before we start digging into the show segment by segment, and that's me giving a little love to someone who left a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Lily112244 left a five-star review saying, the only wrestling podcast I listen to. It has everything you need. Great interviews, informative and insightful roundups on Raw and SmackDown, but what is more important Ryan is an awesome host. He has a great sense of style, not sure about that, and has a huge knowledge on our beloved sport. Lily, thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you leave a review, anyone, if you leave a review, I will most likely read it here on the podcast and give you a little love back because I truly appreciate those of you who show me a little bit of support where I ask of it. Okay, let's just get to this damn SmackDown, Ryan. There's so much to talk about, and you're over here blabbering about your 2022. Let's get into it. The show kicked off with Bray Wyatt coming out to address attacking a cameraman last week. Said he doesn't regret much, but last week he did something that he does, in fact, regret. But he was interrupted by L.A. Knight, who says he thinks Wyatt paid someone 
to wear the Howdy costume last week. And then he asks what happened to Wyatt and said he's become a shell of his former self. So he wants to take Bray Wyatt out of his misery at the Royal Rumble. Bray Wyatt calls LA Knight a little idiot and says he thinks it's time to remind everyone how cruel he can be when he feels like it. So he accepts. Howdy then appears on the screen telling Wyatt to erase the darkness and revel in what he is. Creepy music starts playing after that, and Howdy once again walked out onto the stage, but this time he walked to the ring and placed his hat on the apron before getting into it and standing between Wyatt and Knight. Uh, Howdy and Wyatt then stood side by side, but Howdy hit Bray Wyatt with Sister Abigail and left the ring. As this is all going on, LA Knight dips out. He tells, says to the camera what the hell is going on. And the camera cuts back to Howdy walking to the back. Okay, that was a lot. That was a lot to take in there. But the general consensus I see from everyone online is positive towards this. Which, you know what? I wouldn't have necessarily expected. I enjoyed it. I thought this was great. I really enjoyed that we finally got some progression here. Um, this was the most progression we've got. Now we see... Uh, if this is Uncle Howdy, and I'll get to that, if this is Uncle Howdy, we see here that there is some dissension between Howdy and Wyatt for real now. We see that they are not on the same side, and I think that it's it's felt like Howdy is not necessarily on Wyatt's side. It's like he, he he's he's like that devil on Bray Wyatt's shoulder trying to push him back into darkness. So, um I never thought they were like necessarily going to be a tag team or something like that. Um, I thought they were, I do still think that they're the same person. However, that's going to work out. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but, but uh, I, I was happy to see that the general consensus online was positive towards this because for me, I really did see a progression here. We really are seeing the story get pushed along. We're finally getting Bray Wyatt in a match, LA Knight continues to really show that he is great on the mic. People for a long time have said, oh, he's trying to copy this guy or trying to copy that guy or whatever. But I think that LA Knight has finally formed into who he knows he is. And he knows that the person in charge has faith in him. And he is truly showing everyone that he can step up to the bat. Now, step up to the plate, step up to bat, step up to the plate. Whatever, you got what I meant. I just think that uh, this segment itself, while um, an, an unexpected way to start the show was very cool. Visually looked cool. The The sight of, of Wyatt and Howdy standing side by side looked cool. Um, Howdy looked cool. I think I saw people making fun of last week's appearance of Uncle Howdy a little bit. I saw some clowning. But this one, he looked scary, man. Like, he had a swag to him. He was a bit more scary. Uh, it was... It was I liked how this all played out. Now, back to what I was saying about it possibly not being Howdy. You know, when you do a side-by-side, I saw a lot of people pointing this out. When you do a side-by-side between Uncle Howdy that we've seen from last week or in the videos and the guy who came out this week, they do have a different look. Now, I'm not sure if that's because this guy who was in the ring had to wrestle, do an actual wrestling move, and so they needed to fix some of the mechanics of the costume and stuff to make that possible. But, I don't know. They did look a little different. I I almost think that we're going to see 
more, I guess. Maybe more. It's not just Uncle Howdy. There's there's more brewing inside of Bray Wyatt's mind, as we all know. But if you look, it didn't look like Uncle Howdy looked. Um, oops, sorry for that. Oh, that little noise there. I thought I silenced my phone. I'm also doing this podcast with my dog on my lap because the, my dog refused to sit by my feet. So that's a different experience for me. But yes, back to back to Uncle Howdy. And if it's not Uncle Howdy or not, um, you know, here's the thing. I'm not sure who it is. <laughs> um, newsflash. Uh, don't know. Okay, but I asked people online, I asked Twitter what they thought. Who do you think Uncle Howdy is? And everyone keeps saying Bo Dallas. But I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. Because there's nothing to indicate that it's Bo Dallas whatsoever. There's nothing to indicate it's anyone, really. That's why I'm kind of surprised so many people are saying it's Bo Dallas. Now, I know that people are saying that because of their, their family, obviously, and they wanted to do things together. But I just didn't get Bray, excuse me, Bo Dallas vibes from either of these people. I could totally be wrong. I don't know. I just, I, I am stumped on what's going on here, but not in like a bad way where I think it's bad or anything like that. Um, I, I, I like it. it. It keeps me guessing. It keeps me thinking. It keeps me wondering like who it is. But I don't think that it's Bo Dallas. I just don't. This person had gray hair, it seemed. Now, obviously, that could be that's most likely died. But it's definitely different than the hair that, that uh, Uncle Howdy had. Uncle Howdy had more like a wig, a white wig. This person had more gray hair. And an actual, uh, an actual beard or goatee, whatever. I don't. I'm stumped. I'm really stumped. Tweet me at Ryan Satin. Let me know who you think it is. But what I will say is, I did like the whole presentation of this. I thought it was very cool. I thought it, it was um, one of those things that you go like, "What is happening here? This looks great. This looks cool." But I have no idea what's going on. It reminds me of watching like Lost or Severance or something like that. Severance is a little more recent of a reference there. Lastly, on this topic, later in the show, it was confirmed that L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt will wrestle in a pitch black match, whatever that is. Um, and I'm just gonna have to like reserve. I'm just gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna save my. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to save my thoughts on that until after Royal Rumble because I'm going to be there at Royal Rumble covering it. And I've never seen a pitch black match in person. So I'm just going to have to wait and see. It intrigues me. I'm excited to see Bray Wyatt wrestle again. Are we going to get a cinematic match? Is Bray going to wrestle in cinematic matches still? I don't know. This sounds like it could be a cinematic match. I don't think it's just going to be like a lights out match like you've seen in other companies. Um, so yeah, I'm interested. I hope they say what it is before though, because I don't like when you go into a new gimmick match, not knowing what the rules are. That's just me personally. Next, Sammy walked up to the, Sammy Zayn, excuse me, 
The honorary Oose walked up to the Bloodline locker room and traded pleasantries with Paul Heyman. And then Heyman intimates that it might not be the right optics for Sammy to be taking the spotlight from Roman when they're in the ring by encouraging the crowd to cheer for him rather than the tribal chief. Sammy seemed a bit confused by this, and then they both eased up and went into the locker room. We'll touch back on this in a later segment, but after that was Sheamus versus Solo Sokoa. Now, these two beat the hell out of each other. That's the note I wrote down here. These two beat the hell out of each other. And Solo Sokoa continues to show that he has the goods. I think that he's been in the ring with talented competitors, and each time he's there, he steps up, man. He steps up and shows that he deserves to be in the top faction in WWE. Really felt like this was one of those matches for him that showed that because Sheamus is a former world champion. Sheamus is not a lower carder, a mid carder, upper mid carder. Sheamus is a main eventer. No matter what, you know, no matter how long it's been since he's been a world champion, Sheamus is a veteran of the locker room. Sheamus has great matches, but to rise up to the occasion and have the same level of in ring attitude as a Sheamus shows that Solo Sokoa has a bright future in WWE. Now, finally, Sheamus, at the end of this, had Solo and the Cloverleaf. But the Usos helped Solo get out of it. Then a brawl broke broke out ringside. And Sheamus dove from the top rope onto the Usos. Looked pretty cool for such a big guy doing that to the outside. But Solo took advantage of the distraction and then got him back in the ring and hit the Samoan Spike to get the win. I like that being his finisher now. Samoan Spike for the finisher all the way. The name Spinning Solo was dumb. Didn't like that name. Didn't sound like a cool finishing move name. And also, as much as I like that move, that's a signature move. You're not doing the rock bottom. It's not... I just... Unless you're the rock, you're not pulling that off as your finishing move forever. So, I like the fact that he's switching it up and using the Samoan spike. And huge win for Solo Sokoa. I don't care that it wasn't fully clean. Huge win for Solo Sokoa over Sheamus. After the match, the Usos and Solo teamed up on Sheamus and then wrapped a chair around his head to hit the running hip attack in the corner like they did with Riddle. But Drew McIntyre made the save and took Solo out. He then hit the Claymore on uh, one of the Usos. I forgot. I didn't write down which one. And stood tall in the center of the ring the brawling brutes and the bloodline retreating to the back good segment all around here interesting that they keep drew mcintyre involved with the bloodline still i really do think that the next person i I think owens is gonna get a title shot at the royal rumble i'm guessing that's what i'm guessing but after that they really do need to revisit sheamus and and uh and and Roman Reigns they glossed past it when I really felt like there was a great match to be had there that I think would tear down the house if those two were given the opportunity. But interesting that Drew McIntyre is still being kept in the picture. Smart to keep him strong and keep him there when needed for another title shot. Oh, uh oh, my dog is finally trying to get off my lap. I knew that was gonna happen. 
I knew my dog did not want to stay on my lap that long. Let me let my dog down. Here you go, Desmond. Go ahead, get down. Okay, next. Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez. SmackDown women's title match on the line. This was Ronda Rousey's best match of recent memory since she's come back. This match was great. I, I, I thought that these two felt like they were having a real fight, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought that, you know, Ronda really looked like a bad guy here who wanted to assert her dominance. Raquel Rodriguez looked like a true babyface who the people were rooting for. People wanted Raquel Rodriguez to win this match. And she was in it, dude. She was really killing it. Um, There was, you know, she looked tough. (laughs) There was one point where she tossed Ronda back into the ring from the outside but Ronda hit the ropes awkwardly and took a nasty fall. That was that was brutal. <laughs> and then uh, Ronda was a little shaky after that, but eventually busted out a cool judo, to- judo toss and an interesting-looking submission when the show returned from commercial break at one point. Uh, that judo toss, it looked like, a, <laughs> you know, as a wrestling fan, you're, when you're seeing certain setups, I thought she was going to go for like a Northern Light suplex type thing. But it, it looked different, <laughs> and it was scary at first, but it looked really cool when it when it was all said and done. And, and just the submission of, you know, of lifting the leg so it was harder for Raquel to get out just, just showed uh, that it, it showed that she has, you know, skills that other competitors don't. It, it, it shows her the reason why she's been as, as, as tough of a competitor as she is. Um, I like her using these little things from her own actual repertoire, her own real moveset in MMA that that looks tough when, when people do it. Wait, hold on, take a sip of water. There was also a nasty spot in this match where Raquel went to hit the Chicana bomb, but Ronda locked in the arm while she was on top Raquel's shoulder, and then she wouldn't let herself go down, but... Raquel rushed over to the ropes and used her power to tip them over the rope to the outside. And then she picked her up and hit the Chicana bomb anyways in brutal fashion on the apron. Looked tough. Looked intense. You could hear that slam. Uh, Raquel almost got a pin on Ronda at one point. Shayna got involved. And moments later, Ronda locked Raquel in an armbar-like move from the top rope on her injured arm. And then Raquel fell back into the ring. And tapped out. Now, I didn't love this finish. Because the match was really good. And while I applaud the effort to try and do something a little different. Because it did look cool seeing Ronda on her shoulders um, from the top rope. I was just confused because why... I didn't understand the logic behind Raquel tossing herself backwards when... If she stays on the rope, like, you can't even have a submission move in the ropes that long. If you just held on for, like, five seconds, the rope, or a little bit longer, like, the ref would have started to count. I didn't get it. I didn't necessarily love the finish. But what I did love is what happened after that. After the match, Ronda began to cut a promo, but was immediately interrupted by Charlotte Flair. Now, Charlotte hasn't been in WWE since May. And Ronda, of course, when Charlotte got to the ring, and Charlotte's wearing new mu- new uh, gear, she got new music, whole new Charlotte flair. 
walking at Washington say a whole new, but but uh, an updated, redesigned Charlotte Flair comes out, and a- and uh, Ronda asks if she's going to challenge her to a match at Royal Rumble, and Charlotte said no. I'm challenging challenging you to a title match tonight. Shayna tries to get her to not accept, but Ronda does accept and says that she's feeling spicy. So a match begins. Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair, SmackDown Women's title. Charlotte immediately hits Ronda with a boot to start off the match and almost almost gets a pinfall right away. But Ronda kicks out. Flair then hits a spear, but Ronda counters it. And then Charlotte rolls through that counter to get a three count to win the title. New champion, Charlotte Flair. Wow, what a surprise. I literally just today, my, uh, what's my uncle-in-law? Is that, yeah, my uncle-in-law? We were on the phone. He's a wrestling fan. And he asked me, he was like, what's up with Charlotte Flair? she back yet? And I was like, no, because we were talking about SmackDown tonight. And he's like, what's up with Charlotte Flair? Is she back tonight? And I was like, no, I'm guessing I'm guessing Royal Rumble. Like, that'll be the Royal Rumble surprise. One of the big Royal Rumble surprises, Charlotte Flair. But I think it was actually smarter to do this because I'm assuming almost every hardcore wrestling fan like myself was thinking the same thing. We were all thinking that Charlotte Flair was going to be in the Royal Rumble. But this is how you make a bigger impact than coming into the Royal Rumble and then getting eliminated if she's not going to win it. Instead, she makes a huge statement by returning and beating Ronda Rousey, even if it was after Raquel Rodriguez beat the crap out of her in a title match. Because those two, Raquel and Ronda, were beating each other's asses. Like, those two... There were some stiff shots. There were some clotheslines. There was some brutality. It was intense. And so, you know, in a storyline sense, uh, the fact that she wants so quickly makes all the sense in the world. The fact that Ronda would accept because she's so cocky about her dominance over Charlotte makes the most sense too. All of this, I enjoyed it. I felt like this was a great surprise. They were trying to make this show feel like a pay-per-view. We got, or excuse me, PLE. We've got a women's title match. We've got Solo Sokoa versus Sheamus. We've got this huge Bray Wyatt angle. We've got John Cena versus, uh, John Cena and Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. How do we make that even bigger? Bring Charlotte Flair back. Surprise return. Beat Ronda Rousey. But where does that leave us on the road to WrestleMania? That's what I'm confused about right now. Because there was a clear path (laughs) to Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania in Hollywood. Becky Lynch winning the Royal Rumble, challenging Ronda Rousey, getting that dream match in Hollywood. But it seems like that might not be in the cards anymore. I, I just... Charlotte Flair winning the title here throws everything out of whack. I... 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 I almost think, hmm, I'm trying to think of who makes the most sense for Charlotte Flair to wrestle against at WrestleMania for the SmackDown brand. You know, my, that's so convoluted. (laughs) 
it's so convoluted, and the Royal Rumble is right around the corner. My mom, and I, I don't know if this is what's going to happen, but I just think that, like, oh, I, I want Ronda and Becky to happen. I thought that's what was going to happen. I could, I mean, could it be possible that an angry Ronda shows up to Raw? Challenges Becky, or excuse me, challenges Bianca Belair for the title, just like Charlotte did to her. Then she beats Bianca Belair. And then somehow we get to to Ronda Rousey versus Becky on Raw, and then Bianca Belair wins the Royal Rumble. I know we've only got a short amount of time. Then Bianca Belair wins the Royal Rumble and challenges Charlotte Flair and comes back to SmackDown, and we get Charlotte versus Bianca Belair. Could that be it? convoluted to get there but it at least gives us two pretty big wrestlemania matches for both women's titles that way bianca belair versus charlotte flair becky lynch versus ronda rousey i don't know i don't know this is just me spitballing here trying to figure out how we can get there i know a lot of people say rhea ripley versus bianca belair a lot of people want that match too i definitely could see it but for WrestleMania in Hollywood, I think you need some pretty marquee matches. And I think that Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey is a marquee match. Bianca Belair versus Charlotte Flair, marquee match. That's, that's how I look at it. Those are all really big names at this point, And it makes the most sense to me. I don't know if that's where we're getting to. But I do think that it is possible that that's the road it goes down just as i'm thinking out loud i don't know that's me not looking at rumors and and people saying that this match is in talks or that match is in talks this is just me thinking with my creative brain here on what i see happen on wwe tv lastly on this topic i want to say charlotte flair gets a lot of crap on the internet you know she gets Similar crap to Roman Reigns pre-head of the table. Where it's like, oh, shove down our throats. You know, blah, 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 blah. So I'm genuinely interested to see what Charlotte Flair... To see how Charlotte... Excuse me, let me rephrase that. I'm genuinely interested to see how Charlotte Flair is booked under Triple H. He obviously has respect for her legacy. He knows her importance to women's wrestling. He was there booking her in NXT with Becky Lynch, with Bailey, with Sasha Banks, with Paige, with others to push wrestling, women's wrestling forward. And he knows that she has done that. He has respect for what she has done. But when we look at the grand scheme of things, I do think that sometimes there are people who feel like Charlotte Flair has been pushed down their throats. I have faith that Triple H will be the one to turn that around. I think that he can position Charlotte Flair in a way that gets the fans on her side again. Smart to have her beat Ronda Rousey right away. Smart to have her go celebrate in the crowd, hug a, a young fan. Um, I think that he has the most solid grasp of what the Charlotte Flair character should be. 
And I'm really excited to see how her first title reign turns out under Triple H. All right, let's get to a quick commercial break, and then I'll be back with the rest of my thoughts on this week's show. Next, the bloodline were shown backstage in their locker room. And Sammy asks Roman if the fans cheering for him bothers him. And Roman says no, he plays it off. They all say it's going to be a great night for the group. And everyone looks happy. But when the show goes to commercial after this, you can see Roman is definitely pissed off about the whole Sammy thing. He's got a grimace on his face. And this is really... Tonight, before we get to the main event, this episode of SmackDown was really the first sign of things going badly in the bloodline for Sami Zayn. You know, for the whole build to war games from when he first started with the bloodline. Everyone thought that Roman was eventually going to hate him and they were all going to beat him down. But then they had the nice moment. They eventually became friends. They've all gotten on the same page. And Roman from day one has seemed to be a fan of Sammy as well, for the most part. He's always been nice. He's always been the one that's been inviting. But this is the first time where we've seen that something is bothering Roman Reigns when it comes to Sami Zayn and the bloodline. It's the fans cheering for Sammy. Instead of Roman. This is a good sign. This is a great sign. Because I think it means we might actually get Sammy versus Roman for the title at some point. Some point. Don't don't get ahead of me. <laughs> don't get ahead of me. I just think we're going to get Sammy versus Roman at some point. Because he seems to genuinely be bothered by what's going on. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be immediate or anything like that, but I think now, you know, we've reached the top of the mountain of Sammy's bloodline story, and I think we're slowly coming down that mountain. And I think when we get to the bottom again, it's not going to be good for Sammy Zayn, however it goes. I don't think it's going to be the one... I don't think Sammy is going to be the one to, to show that he was ultimately in... That he was the one pulling the strings the whole time, and... And, and uh, you know, in control of the situation. I think we're going to see a beatdown at some point. Because when that happens, it's going to give him massive babyface heat. And I think that's how we get the old Sami Zayn again. He cuts the hair. We get the old version back. That's what I think is going to happen. But I don't know the time frame. I don't have a time frame in mind. But I do think that uh, the descent has begun. Next, New Day clown on Hit Row backstage as they make fun of Top Dollar for not being able to jump over the top rope. Madcap then calls him Flop Dollar, and Ricochet says, now Top Dollar knows that it's not as easy as Ricochet makes it look. All these jokes start to build up, and the rage builds up inside of Top Dollar. He gets hot over all these jokes and shoves Ricochet. And later in the show, it's announced that next week, Ricochet and Top Dollar will face off in a Royal Rumble qualifier. First, I, I'm very much happy that they take a very small thing that happened on TV, make it a little bit bigger, and use it as the impetus for something more because it feels like that's what's going on here. Uh, I have a feeling Ricochet is the one who qualifies for the Royal Rumble, which I want to say 
I like when you put a, a small story behind a Royal Rumble qualifier because it brings, it just makes the, the Royal Rumble feel a little more important. It, it makes the, oh my gosh, guys, I let my dog out because it was on my lap like I was saying earlier. And then right before, when, during the commercial break, I let it out of my office because it wanted to be out of my office. And now it's just banging on my door trying to get back in. One second, I'm going to run. Oh, hopefully you can still hear me. I'm letting my dog back in. Now I'm recording. Okay, we're back. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but I like when you put a little bit more importance behind a Royal Rumble qualifier. Really, though, I think it's going to be the impetus for a hit row heel turn, which I think makes a lot of sense right now based on the reactions they seem to be receiving most of the time. For better or worse, you know, I think that people have turned on Top Dollar in some fashion for some reason. There was that weird internet thing, and people are, you know, people love to come in hot when he's saying stuff. You know, even when he was on my show, I'd noticed the replies were... We're very, uh, uh, what's the word? There was there was a lot of, uh, he was just polarizing. Some people like him. Some people were, were talking crap. But I think that's good. Like, you want to be polarizing. You want people to care about you. It means people care in some way. Whether they care to hate you or whether they care to like you, they care in some way. So to take what's been going on on TV, what's been going on on social media, and use it as an impetus for change to turn Hit Row heel, I think makes all the sense in the world right now. I think that it's not like they're not effective baby faces, but I do think that they would be better as heels right now. But the only problem in that is that there are a lot of heel teams on SmackDown right now. We've got the Viking Raiders. We've got... Uh, Legato, Del Fantasma, we've got the Usos. But that being said, you know, uh, time is, you know, not, you know, we've got a lot of time, and I do think it's going to be a slow burn, but I think that we're definitely getting uh, a hit row heel turn. And maybe putting them with someone, uh, you know, that fits the group as well. Like, man, bring Leo Rush back and put them, put, put them with top, put him with. Hit row. I think that that and make them all heels. I would love to see that. I know he's wrestling again right now, and I'm not sure what his contractual status is. But man, I would love to see that. Either way, hit row heel turn. I'm into that if that's where this is all going. Next, Imperium come out and brag about Gunther's dominance. Braun Strowman then interrupted and said, "Gunther's never faced." A monster. Gunther laughs him off. But Braun says he's not asking for a title match. He's telling him that he's his next title contender. A brawl breaks out, and Imperium get outpowered by Strowman. Strowman then does his run around the ring, but Gunther moves, and Braun goes through the barricade. Imperium then take advantage and hold him into a submission move until referees try to break things up. And eventually, Ricochet is the one who makes the save with the chair, causing Imperium to dip out. Strowman versus Gunther, I'm into that. It's a good match for the Royal Rumble. Two big dudes beefing it out over the Intercontinental title. I'm, I'm, I like it. And I also, I don't hate this 
friendship forming between Ricochet and Braun Strowman, especially after everything Braun Strowman had said about flippy wrestling. To have him do a turn of a change of heart, turn around, be working with Ricochet now, does kind of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say make good on what he said, but I think that I have a feeling Ricochet is opening his eyes to what flippy wrestling can be in a positive way. So I like that we're still getting stuff between Ricochet and Strowman here. I like that Ricochet is still involved in the intercontinental title scene. Um, I think that overall, Gunther's title reign has been great. I don't see Braun Strowman being the one to take the title off of him yet. There's no reason to take the intercontinental title off of Gunther yet. The guy is raising the importance of that title. And if that's the case, there's no reason to take it off of him. That's what you want a superstar to do. Take that title and raise the importance of it. Elevate it to a level it wasn't at before. And that's exactly what we've been getting with Gunther. And Strowman is a great competitor to put on the opposite side of the ring as Gunther. Gunther and Strowman just slapping the hell out of each other is going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. And I think that it's not, I don't believe it's going to be on the level of like a Sheamus versus Gunther. But I do think that these two guys can get nasty with each other. I think these two guys can really. Uh, can really stand out on the card by just beating the hell out of each other. And that's what I think we're going to see. Just a beefy battle of big men. And I'm going to be into that. Hopefully it's a... Oh, wait, no, it's not Royal Rumble. I said Royal Rumble. What am I talking about? It's next week on SmackDown, I believe, right? Is that what they said? I said Royal Rumble here. Excuse me. Uh, this is what happens when I don't write a note to myself. But I believe that that's what they said. That Let's see. Next week, King Ricochet against AJ Francis. And next week... Drew McIntyre, oh no, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus uh, for the tag titles, and then two weeks on SmackDown, that's what it was, two weeks on SmackDown, Gunther against Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental title, well wait a second, hold on, let me look at my, let me look at my trusty calendar here, uh, wait, two weeks, so that's the 13th. Two weeks before. I bet you we're still going to get Gunther versus Braun Strowman at at Royal Rumble. But still, that's going to be a good main event in two weeks as well. Make sure you watch it on Fox. Live on Fox. The mothership. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm into that. Lastly, finally here at the main event. John Cena and Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Sami and Kevin start the match. And it's not long before KO gives Sammy a bloody nose. Cena kept trying to tag in, but Roman wouldn't let him. Owens had to hit a, a pop-up powerbomb on Zayn. Uh, but Roman broke up the pin and dragged Sammy to the corner to tag himself in. Roman attempted to hit the Superman punch, but KO ducked it and took control of the match, then hit a frog splash. Then went for a pop-up powerbomb, but Roman reversed it with a Superman punch and attempted a spear right after, but Owens moved out of the way and finally tagged Cena into the damn match. Cena then hit some of his signature moves and tagged Owens, 
back into the match. And then they did a dual five-knuckle shuffle. Cena hit the AA on Roman, and Kevin hit the stunner on Sammy for the win. Everyone goes home happy. Um, fun match. Very fun match. Definitely, um, when you've got all these guys in the ring, it's going to be fun. John Cena was his usual John Cena self, animated as hell, making sure that everyone was cheering for that hot tag. And he really, really, they, they, they did a great job of building up that tension and building up the anticipation for when John Cena was finally going to tag in. I just, when I watch these, when I watch John Cena wrestle and on SmackDown or whatever, when it's not on pay-per-view, I always just kind of like want a little more. But I also understand the guy's got to play it safe. The guy's got movies. The guy's got TV shows. The guy's got to keep his body intact so he doesn't screw up his acting career. He's got to keep that moneymaker looking good. Can't get busted open like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens did in this match. And Kevin Owens was bu more busted up than Sami by the end. Guy had a bloody eye, apparently had a black eye backstage. and um, So he, he definitely got the, the... He definitely got it worse than Cena here in this match. That couldn't happen to Cena. That would have been bad if that happened to Cena. Now, this match is over. Okay, so the match is done. I think the big question is, are we going to see John Cena again soon? You know, they, they talked about how he's got to rest. You know, the whole thing was like, oh, you know, I'm wrestling. I got to make sure that I hit my 20-year record. I got to wrestle once this year, so I'm going to be on SmackDown. But I almost feel like it's a red herring. I feel like John Cena is going to be in the Royal Rumble. I think it's going to happen. Am I crazy for thinking that? I just, you know, when you, you know, I just, I think he's got a, you know, I say it like this is an epiphany, but John Cena clearly has a true appreciation for where he came from. He cares about the WWE audience. He cares about the people who have continued to support him. And you can see that in this match. You could see it when he came out and he was saying, you know, he was talking to the cam and uh, gave me goosebumps what he was saying, but. I have a hard time believing that John Cena is not wrestling at WrestleMania in Hollywood. He's a movie star now. He was in the original WrestleMania Hollywood promotional stuff. But the guy's a movie star now. We're going to have movies. We want, we want to have all the movie star people on the marquee. You got to have John Cena there. So. I think he's going to be in the Royal Rumble and something is going to happen there. Obviously, there's multiple options. Theory, Logan Paul, Gunther. Those are my top three contenders for who John Cena should wrestle at WrestleMania. Gunther, if, I, you know, if I'm doing the marquee thing where I think it has to be big names only, it might rule out Gunther. Gunther. So that leaves you with Logan Paul and Theory. Theory, it's already in, you know, it's already been set up. There's already an easy way to get there. But the more I think about it, the more I think that Logan Paul versus John Cena makes the most sense. Logan Paul is a surprise 
entrant in the Royal Rumble. Pulls a John Cena, comes back from injury sooner than you'd expect. Eliminates John Cena from the Royal Rumble. Gets eliminated himself right after. And there's your setup. John Cena versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania in Hollywood. That's what I want to see. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be one. That would be a huge match that would get people talking. And Logan has shown he can do what needs to be done to entertain in that ring. And I think that even though John Cena might be rusty at that point, John Cena can still lead a match. And he can still lead Logan Paul to a match that's going to elicit the biggest reaction possible from that Hollywood crowd. Well, the SoFi crowd. It's not necessarily in Hollywood. WrestleMania Los Angeles, we'll say. But I think that's where it's going. Now, when it comes to Sammy and Kevin and the Usos, that I'm a little less sure of where it goes. But I do think Kevin Owens is the match at Royal Rumble against Roman Reigns. That would make the most sense right now. That's what I think this is going. And I hope that we're not seeing Sammy get kicked out of the bloodline anytime soon. Even though the cracks are definitely starting to show. Now, all that being said, I just want to say, yeah, I just criticize things and pick things apart. All that aside, I really, really enjoyed this main event. It was so fun to see Cena doing his some of his five moves of doom. Um, and I really enjoyed this show as a whole, even though it was the last one of the year, I think because it was so heavily hyped, I think it was the best SmackDown of the year. Now I'd have to go back and look at all my notes and see what I think. But this one really felt like a lot happened. Every single segment was jam packed with something newsworthy, something big, something, um, something awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, I really felt like this was a home run episode. What did you think of it? Let me know. Tweet me at Ryan Satin. Please let me know. I want to make sure that I know you guys are listening to this. That's the only way I know is if you tweet me. Or if you want to leave a review for the podcast, uh, it's at a character feed. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just, if you just pull up the app. Go. This is my fingers doing a little typing that doesn't make sounds anymore but go type in uh, a review if you appreciate the, if you if you if you enjoy appreciate i'm just doing a podcast if you enjoy the podcast let people know uh and and leave a review i'll i will read it on air also minor programming note Next week's added character is going to be a best of because of the holidays this week and last week there was a new there was not a new one recorded but we'll be back in action with a new added character the week after that and also I hope you guys enjoyed Emma as well hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode with Emma that was a fun one all right <sighs> I'm done officially tapping out for now until next time I'm Ryan Satin. And this has been the WWE on Fox Smackdown Roundup.